Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting, and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day of our mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you. Have the best day ever. Live Better Podcast. Dawn Blattner here with Jason and Brett. No, you got to use the full name. You can call you, her DJ. You got to use the full DJ Dawn Blattner. It's yeah. either Dawn Jackson Blattner if you want to be official, or it's yeah. DJ Blattner if you want to be Instagram friends. I like Instagram friends. Yeah, we're, oh, we'll yeah, go DJ. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. we're friends. Okay, cool. Author, uh, amongst a bunch of other things in the nutrition world. Uh, we're really happy to have you here. Um, let's go right into it. So you are on a fast. I just did a 48 hour fast. What's the point? Okay. So other than me <laughs> being, uh, really trying to pull back my hangry right now yeah. from you, right? Yeah. I, I was proud of you that you didn't get emotional. And so no, we gave testy. a presentation and you were pretty solid. Yeah. You only started speaking get... Spanish once. <laughs> I go, Jay, if I start going, <laughs> I'm going to cut you off and yeah, start going. That's great. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, here's the thing. Why I believe it really is a magical yeah. thing for humans to yeah. do is it gives your body just the right amount of stress. And in that stress, your weak cells sort of die off. So it's the survival of the fittest. I, uh, a lot of times when people are like, well, you give, tell me more, tell me more. I say it's sort of like a self-cleaning oven, right? It's so like you turn a dial and your oven cleans itself. Well, a human body can do that. If you give it a little bit of rest and a little bit of the good stress, like a cleanse, uh, it can start auto-cleaning itself. And so autophagy is the actual word. Um, and that is really just our miracle machine that we were given to take care of. And I think this is one good way to periodically take care of it. If you are on the standard American diet. Uh, also known as the SAD. The SAD. Yes. <laughs> Would you recommend going to what I did, which was two days, just water, what you did, uh, juice, um, what what would you recommend as the first cleanse? All right, so I actually do this with a lot of clients where it's literally just adding produce to each meal. Uh, if you are truly on the standard American diet, the SAD yeah. is sad. Uh, it can be a system shock to some people to go from, you know, uh, bottle to throttle or whatever, that you know, from zero to 100. And so even just the idea of having more fiber and high water foods in someone's diet is uh, a, a bold first step. I mean, it seems crazy. You're yeah. like, oh, I, you know, I can't imagine that would be enough. That alone can be shocking to somebody's system. Um, and then drinking more water. I mean, part of the lure of uh, these cleanses is that you you have to drink so much water yeah. because you're hungry. Um, and so, like, pushing somebody to eat more produce and have more water is a great first step. And I say, you know, if you can do that for a 30-day period of time where you're really upping your ante of the produce, well, all of a sudden, now this becomes more of a likelihood of success that you can do something for a couple of days or five days or whatever. Um and I, and I really think that's 
the way to go for a lot of stuff, right? Is that like people lose in the trees the big picture forest. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they get so caught up in details of like I've got to do this three day cleanse, and then they do it and they didn't learn anything new, and so then they think what. The 365 days in a year, those three days mean zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay. They do nothing. Three days does nothing for somebody if they have, you know, garbage 362 of the other days. Yeah, if you go right back you to know, Big Macs, right. So that's why I think yeah. it's it's good to sort of ramp up with, you know, a high produce, like high water plan, and then sort of kick it in to maybe a couple of days of a, of a fast. And if somebody doesn't want to do days, you know, I'm a big fan of the time-restricted eating. Yeah, do you I guys... was going to ask you about that. Oh. We, I do we it every do it. day. Yeah, yeah so TRE, I've been doing baby. it for the last, I don't know, five years probably, four yeah, years. It's Pretty beautiful. much right since we quit. Yeah, it's that beautiful. That was like the first month I did it. I was like, I also don't have any money, so I need to eat less. <laughs> and there <laughs> you have it. Yeah. Uh, well, necessity is the mother of invention. That is a that's saying, it. and that's what you did. But, yep. uh, you know, that idea creativity. of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, 1212 is a great place to start for people. Totally. Uh, I, so when somebody says, you know, should I be doing these fasts that you're doing? It's like, no, just eat more produce, drink more water, step one. Step two, let's think about this time-restricted eating, which is a type of intermittent fasting, which, you know, 1212 is a great entry point. Can you go 12 hours without eating? That's I stopped eating at 8 p.m., and I start eating again at 8 a.m. If I can do that pretty easily, could you go to 14? Okay, could you go to 16? And then what do you do? Six, uh, yes, 18? about 16. 16 or 18, yeah. yeah. And I think that's a beautiful place. And again, that's daily giving your body just a break so that hormones can reset, your body can just do a little auto cleaning on itself. And you don't ever need to do anything as drastic as your two days or my five days if you don't want. That alone is, is a beautiful way to take care of your human body. This is a selfish question, but I get it a lot because I do 16-8 and I work out at various times of the day. So, and I, this can be a good segue for your work with athletes too and, and private clients, but as like more of a performance athlete, like I'm pushing my body pretty hard and there are other people I think who are like look at me and ask the same question because they're in the same boat or they want to know how this would work. But when you slot workouts in there, um, and this is like a little bit more of a loaded question, but when you slot workouts in there, how do you handle the carbohydrate need for like endurance specific races, which is kind of like a part one to the question. And then if you strength train, how does that change if your workouts have to be in the morning, but you're fasting till like noon? Well, here's the thing. We do a lot of testing. I love the word test because it really is true that every athlete, every body seems to react very differently to this stuff. Some people can really shift into burning fat and they can do it well. They do it in practice so that they can do it in games. And we don't need to load carbohydrates for endurance, which is crazy because carbs are the preferred source of fuel is what we've all learned. So how can some human bodies do that? That's amazing. Um, and sometimes people are not building muscle. So you're like, dude, here's, I don't care if we're breaking your fast. You have to have more calories. You have to have protein in recovery immediately. I'm not paying attention to your fasting numbers. Mm-hmm. And so there's some times that I will circumvent the whole fasting thing and we'll do it more in seasons rather than for a life. So, you know, it might be, um, that's you know, how in, I work yeah, in or have seasons. been doing it. Yeah. So if you're training for something, you're like, man, I'm feeling weak doing this. Like, listen to your body. It's the best knower, you know? Yeah. And so you would say, okay, I'm going to give this up for this season. And when I'm not training for this event or whatever, I'm going to do, you know, my, my fasting routine that I'm used to. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fuel thing is interesting because last year we were training for the marathon and I was 
coming out of fasts earlier and particularly like trying not to fast so much because I knew I was going to have to eat. Yep. It's I was like, good. I can't go into this fasted. So if I don't know what running or training feels like with food in my stomach, because normally I just do it fasted. And I feel great doing that. But like running for three hours in a row is just, you're going to run out. Well, absolutely, you're going to hit a wall. And whatever you do for practice is what you have to do on performance day, right? So it's like, you know, you're smart to like be thinking like, okay, you know, maybe when I'm doing my 45-minute run, I can do this. But like when I'm starting to train for longer distances, let me test my human body and see what happens. Um, But, you know, this is definitely something that is, um, I mean, it's newer to the whole idea of like, you know, biohacking and like how to do this. It's, I mean, we've been talking about it for longevity for a long time. The idea of going without food to build stress in your cells so that they are stronger and they can survive longer. So this whole idea of using it for performance and athletes and long, you know, beyond longevity is really, it's very interesting. And it's new, you know, new relative a decade, you know. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We haven't had the research catch up yet. Well, yeah, and I think that's the thing with nutrition, right, is that you can never be caught up. Like, there's always something new. There's always new theories. There's always a study that comes out that negates what you just read, (laughs) you know. So it's it's one of those things where, again, I say you've got to look at, like, a big picture. Always it's about the patterns and good old common sense. I mean, won't common sense help you sometimes, like a big, in this nutrition world, like you said, you know, that you're like, wait a second, I feel like garbage (laughs) doing this. Maybe I should try something else. Um, You know, so listening to your body is like the best guide of all. Yeah, I think what's so interesting for me in thinking about nutrition, and I've done done exactly what you said, it's been self-study and self-test. And my nutrition journey has gone all over the place. to the point now where I'm eating foods that most people don't even know what they are. Um, but for me, that like has, has been has been awesome. And it's been interesting, though. It's been over like a five, six-year period of really dialing it in. So like it didn't start – very similar to what you said. It started with like just putting vegetables in every single meal. And then it was like, oh, I can blend these up. And they get to my system a little bit faster. Then I was like, what's a goji berry? Oh, that's <laughs> a cool thing. It's a superfood. I got to try it. And then it started to like – here's all these powders, here are these herbs, here are all these tinctures. So a lot of people will ask me for advice and it's so interesting because you have to just go back to like day one. It's like just have a raw piece of broccoli no, and just it, see how you feel. I appreciate that very much because it is. And what I think I love about the, the vibe of what you just said, it's curiosity. Like if you're doing this because you're feeling like hopeless that you need, you know, this certain body or you feel like an emergency sense you have to lose this weight and it's like drama induced. It's like that's garbage. Like if you are going at this like a curious, you know, just like caretaker of your human body of like, hmm, I wonder what happens when I do this, you know, <laughs> uh, and like these seven day challenges that I, I'll give myself that I'll give clients is like, see how you feel when you up your water. See how you feel when you eat vegetables and greens at breakfast. You know, if you don't feel like a million bucks, then shift it and test something else. Um, so I, I love that attitude yeah. of curiosity that you've had. So what do you do now? Well, so as the creator of the flexitarian diet, I mean, that's really where um, I started getting sort of thought leadership around nutrition of like, wait a second, why do people call themselves vegetarians and they kind of eat all sorts of fake weird stuff um, and they think that's so healthy, how come you can't incorporate some meat and still in a plant-based diet? Like, huh. So sort of that's where the flexible vegetarian attitude came from me because I was like, I do love the science of plant-based eating, but I also love 
the idea that you don't have to be so strict about it that you're actually eating garbagey stuff. You know, like people who are vegetarian oftentimes will eat like boxed fake meat yeah. and be like, I'm a vegetarian. I'm, like, I'm vegan. I eat Oreos. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, wait a second, you know. And yeah, so I really I like the idea of eating more plants. Plants protect people uh, with the flexibility of adding in quality proteins. Um, when the research comes out, like, you know, keto is so hot and you're like, yeah, wait a second. Let me think a little bit more about adding some more fats. It's, I've always been very pro fat, um, but it's like, wait a second. Maybe there is a way to shift now instead of eating things that are um, natural sugars. Maybe I could do a little natural sugar and a little more healthy fats. And so, you know, probably flexitarian is my platform that I always have sort of, you know, bounced around from. Um, but as new stuff comes out, I'm always willing to try and um, you guys know this about me, is that I'm also a big believer in mindset is everything. So half, not even half, probably 90% of the nutrition talks I do have nothing to do with carbs, protein, and fat, have nothing to do with macro anything, have everything to do with sort of the psychological and mindset of everything. And I love that you guys are, I know you guys, so it's I know where everyone, yeah, needs, yeah, yeah. It's where everyone yeah. needs help. It's the it's truth. Not, yeah. You know, it really is the truth. So Superfood Swap, my second book, really came out of the the frustration. I think a lot of great ideas that I have are just because I'm pissed at how the world is <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's like, Same. I'm pissed that vegetarians think they can only eat vegetarian stuff, like flexitarians away. And then I got pissed that people were just eating either to fuel their machine and they took emotion out of it, or they were so emotional about food, they were only eating what tasted good. And oh, I was nice. like, there is a middle ground, people. Yeah. And so Superfood Swap was birthed out of the idea that Eat what you want. You should get to eat what you want. But why not make it with superfoods? Why not make it with better for you ingredients? So when you are like, man, I really wish I could eat pizza, tacos, burgers, it's fries. It's like, why don't you lean into what you want? Just make it with good stuff so that, yes, you're baking your own sweet potato fries and you're not getting them from a fast food joint, okay? But you're still getting fry vibes, you know? Yeah. And so I, I really, I love the attitude of Superfood Swap because it really is the mindset shift of eat what you want first and then just make it with better food. Which I loved. And you know what? The first nutrition thing I ever vibed with, I don't know what magazine was, maybe Men's Health, but whatever the, like, eat this, not that was so telling the first time when they put the even the macros next to each other and they were like, well, this is kind of what you want, but here's a better option. And it was like, here's the numbers all to prove it. You can do that with every single food mm -hmm. and just completely trick your brain because all that matters is your psychological connection to it. Because when we talk about nutrition at like a very high level, it's essentially just talking about it like objectively versus subjectively. Like taste is subjective. The same things that taste good to you don't taste good to me. So you can't base your nutrition off of taste because that's what you crave. So stop like giving everybody advice based on like, oh, you should be eating these, you should be eating these. Well, I don't like the taste of that. So I'm not going to do it, but that's not the way that your body responds to the food anyway. It's just the way that your mind responds to the food. Then you get addicted to those processes. Like that's why Thanksgiving dinner tastes so good. It's like way beyond just like turkey or ham and mashed potatoes tasting good. It's like sitting down with your family and friends and like enjoying the smells and being around them. Like that's what you're addicted to. Not, you don't have to have eight plates of food. 
Yeah. Like that's not what your body is craving. That's what your mind thinks it wants. It's very true. And in finding all those tricks of like, okay, so if I know that's true, what is the trick to help me break out of the habit of getting seconds? You know, and so I'll teach things like pause before seconds. It's literally give yourself a 10 minute count or, you know, just like on the clock, 10 minute countdown of like in 10 minutes, if you really need seconds because you're still hungry, okay. But like, you know, after a 10 minute countdown, most people are like, oh crap, like I guess I really don't need seconds. <laughs> so it's like, what are the strategies? If we all know these things, you know, how come we all know that broccoli is better than brownies and jogging is better than sitting on the couch, but it is so hard to activate? What is the difference between knowing information and doing it. And really all it is is a good mental strategy, right? It's a good little mental trick that you sort of put in your brain and you're like, oh, this is what it is. And you know, one of the things that Superfood Swap, now that I'm staring at it on the table here, um, that I love about it is it has nothing to do with calories savings. Like it used to be like when you would read these magazines that it was like, swamp this for this and then yeah. you'll save 12 calories, you know, yeah. or whatever. And uh, I, I'm pleased, I've been uh, contributing to that garbage, you know, in media forever. Right. And so I've stopped doing that. I said, listen, it is true that you're going to save some calories, but that's not the story here. The story here is look at how much more vitamin C you're getting. Look at how much more fiber you're getting. I don't even care about the macros. I care about like, what am I actually giving to my body? And that leans into reading ingredient lists before you read the stinking numbers. You know, everybody's so worried about the nutrition facts panel. It's like, yeah, that's good math, but like, is it food? Like, can you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. is it food? Because honestly, if you look at even, you know, something like uh, chips, like Doritos or something, I mean, it, the numbers don't look all that bad. It's like, it's not that much fat or calories or whatever. It's not that much sodium. It's just like, oh, I guess it's a health food. It's like, no, look at the ingredients. It's like polysorbate something number 60. It's like, not food. <laughs> yeah. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah, you know, yeah. crazy. It is, but 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 that's not what people think about. I you had the best strategies. Table play chair is my favorite. <laughs> that was yeah, my favorite. We one. talked you about it all the time. thing at Nike. We I was the like, first wow. thing I was like, wow, I never fucking do that. I never ever sit down at a table, put a plate in front of me, and my ass never in a chair. I'm like walking and eating. I'm like standing up, walking around, doing things. I just don't do it. But like. I mean, I'm a little bit lucky that my metabolism is going to continue to rev. So, like, it just hasn't caught up with me yet. But the visual component of putting food on a plate and sitting down and being like, all of that is going in my body. And I'm going to actively put the fork in there every time and look at it while I'm doing it is, like, life-altering. Instead okay. of just, like, reaching deep in a bag while that. you're just, like, got your nose down your Instagram DMs. I'm like, <laughs> you know. I love that though. Put it on a plate. I, and sometimes that's what I mean, right? It's those little tiny like cueing, environmental cueings like that, or like uh, mental tricks that make the world of difference. And and you know that idea of table play chair came to me after reading research that said when people see, they called it in the research study, a meal schema, that they are likely to eat less and enjoy it more, which just meant when they see it on a plate while sitting at a table in a chair. Uh, and so I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I should test this out. So I didn't teach anybody this until I tested it on myself and I was like, game changer, you know? And then you try and eat gummy bears at table plate chair and they taste like garbage. You're like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's not the gummy bears I ever liked. It was the TV that I liked. Yeah. When I put gummy bears on a table plate chair, they don't, don't do anything for me. No, and putting so you gummy get, bears uh -huh. on a plate, you just, yeah. just don't taste good. Right. Yeah, just, I wouldn't even consider eating one. No right. way. What if they were just laid out on a plate? You'd 
Do you like, ever? Nah. No, you'd be like, some that's been in someone's mouth. They yeah, it back on. It's an that. ABC gummy bear. It's, yeah. But it's isn't it interesting though? It's like it does teaches you about like you were saying before is like what are you addicted to here? Are you really addicted to gummy bears? Or are you addicted to the TV and lounging yeah. and gummy bears just happen to be yeah. in that experience? She knows Coke Zero and the Masters. Yeah, <laughs> see exactly. And so this that's is called. Me. I love it. It's called decoupling. It. So you decouple food with activities to really get a sense of, is it the activity that I'm dealing with or is it the food? And so you, you uh, uncouple or decouple them. Interesting. So where when you, when you dive into the research, uh, and I'm going to cue up the example of, you said Game Changer, just made me think of Game Changer, <laughs> oh, the, yeah. the documentary that just came I, out. Yep. Um, how do you, what do you do? Because I, I just listened to the Joe Rogan show where the guy that did Game Changers is talking to Chris Cresser and they're going back and forth for four hours. It's a waste of time. <laughs> and they're just back and forth studies. I have this study that shows this. Well, I have this study that shows this. And then they're talking about the same study that, and they're saying it comes to different outcomes. And it's like, one of the things to me, it's like, you know, studies can be funded by the Meat Institute of Technology. And it's like, all right, well, this thing's going to promote meat. And then this one's studied by... The other MIT. Yeah, the other, some other <laughs> vegan the other source. MIT. And it's like, so like when, you, when we look at the research, and, and what's so interesting, I think the one thing I drew from that episode and from all these documentaries is that you can, like, you can read research in multiple different ways. And you can put the numbers in, into whatever favorable way you'd like. And there's enough studies out there to support anything things that you've just said, which I really liked, is like you tested it on yourself first and that's how we've done anything. Any client we ever talk to, I will either say, I have done this, this is how it worked for me, or I have not done this, so I'm not sure. And that's how I'm, I will always say, or I know somebody else that's done this, go talk to them. Um, and so when you look at research in your position, especially with you know being with the Cubs for 10 years and two books, um, you have to back it up. You can't just say, oh, well, I think vegetables with a little <laughs> bit of meat and fat is good. Like you have to show the research. So what do you look for? How do you, how do you decipher through all of it? I have the greatest tip of all. Okay, here it is. If you really take a step back and you look at how many smart people are out there, how much awesome research is there, and you think, wow, everybody contradicts each other. How can I respect this researcher and yeah. I respect this researcher and they literally are opposite. How could that be? How can this be? And then you look at people who are in great health, who are vegan and eat no meat whatsoever. Okay. And then you look at somebody who is in great health also and eats paleo, tons and tons of meat, the opposite. How can the world be working when opposites <laughs> exist? Do you understand? Like, how does this I, it, work? That's what it is. So if you take a step back, you take a deep breath and you say, wait a second, what if it's not how everything is different, okay? What if it's, how is everything the same? And what's actually working here is what all of these things have in common. And every single plan and every single research study and every single, anything that you could try and refute and argue with has one thing in common always. And that one thing is it's real food. It is not processed garbage. And so if you look and you say, okay, hey, maybe we don't have to split hairs about the exact type of protein here. We know that humans need it, and sometimes it is plant, and sometimes it's quality uh, animal. Great. What if we don't need to split hairs here? We know whole grains are better. You know, uh, We know that uh, sweet potatoes and white potatoes and quinoa and oats are better than you know some white bread, okay? And that vegetables and fruits are good, okay? What if we say that we know all these foods are real foods, and sure, some diets may have a little more or a little less of them, but in the end, that's the only truth that we can all be sure of. 
So I read everything from a bird's eye view, high level picture, knowing that really, if it's unprocessed and it's real food, it's going to be good. And whether I shift it up or down, the fats or the carbs or the whatever, or go plant or go animal, that is not as important as did I get the crap out of someone's diet. That's the key. It's it's so true too, and that is what's funny is the first person that would, like the first client that would bite back would be like, well, can I still have my no? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Put the fucking Snickers down. Yep. And let the Coke go. Yeah. It's, it's hard for it, me. It's, it, I wish. Can you find a way to make natural Coca Cola? Uh, interesting that you have this yeah. as Coke your. Zero. Uh, I love it. That's his thing. I love and it. And what have you it's tried? It's the only have thing. Like, and I don't give a shit about. Like, I don't eat cake. None of that. I'll, I'll eat a donut. But Coke Zero is like it's my. It, it, to talk about like coupling, because we talk about that with some other things, because I have a bad coupling with like some sleep habits, but. The coupling of Coke Zero and food for me is just like, you just turn towards it. It's like a cigarette almost. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, this is like a habit of like, oh, I have one before I eat and I have one after I eat. Yeah. Well, you know, when I have people, I explore a lot of times about like, do you really want to give it up? Because when somebody lights up and gets excited and is like, I, I have identified my own being with this. (laughs) I actually think that I am the only human on earth, potentially along with Warren Buffett, that's healthier because of it. (laughs) See, so I mean, so these are the things like that is a very, it would not be a habit I would ever try and break with someone unless they were super excited about trying to break it. They did not want to self-identify with this habit. They didn't get super <laughs> yeah. excited about it. Like I used to or go they around. Were gonna be I'm gonna get DMs back. being like, "Yo, I'm gonna drink Coke Zero too. Don't. Yeah, don't. Exactly. Don't. don't. This don't episode do is it. not brought to you by. <laughs> 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 okay. it's a slippery yeah. slope. But but the, I mean, but the big thing for me is like we we actually I was just talking to another coach and she was awesome. We were talking about pain tracing. It is a it was a, it always a fix to fix migraines for me. So it is a big comfort food in the way that it took away pain as like a kid. And I remember from age 8 to 17, it was two Excedrin and a Coke would would knock out a migraine that hadn't quite tipped over to like, hey, you need to go like be by yourself for two days. Well, see, and that, that's, I mean, when you can look back, like you say, I can look yeah. back at why this is such a big thing. And then you can start challenging those thoughts and saying, wait a second, do I know any other foods now that I'm an adult uh, that may help if I was in a similar situation. You're like, oh, well, matcha does have uh, some magician. Water. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, wa- exactly. Water, matcha. It's like, okay, is there something that I could test here, you know, that I wanted to? And the key is people have to want to. And I will say, like, I have noticed so much, like, self-identity. Like, I am a dessert person. I am a massive snacker. I love to eat after dinner. You know, like, oh, I'm not good with water. The minute somebody is saying that stuff, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Like, we're, we're never, <laughs> yeah. ever going to get yeah, rid of yeah, this yeah. until you change that definition of yourself, right? It's like, um, oh, gosh, I, one of the first times I tested this was, I mean, forever ago. But I was like, I don't, I'm not a person who wears hot pink pants. Like, I just don't do that. Like, that's crazy. And I'm like, but maybe I could be a person who wears hot pink pants. And so then, all of a sudden, now my whole wardrobe is just I think we, hot I, pink pants. I was going to say, when we like, met you, you yeah, were in, like, yeah, some crazy shit. Exactly. <laughs> and so now, I mean, you can push your definition, and that could be anything that you practice in your life, right? So even though I am in the nutrition world, like, this is just, for me, and I know you guys, too, it is just how people live like how you eat is how you live so when it's like sloppy and rushed and like thoughtless and like okay your calendar looks like that your lifestyle looks like that and so this is one area you can practice and then you see it just 
explode into people's lives in other places. So that's why I like doing this. It's not because I like being like the food police on people, right? It's because it's magic. It's power of when you can tackle this, your whole life gets better. Who Who are you impressed by that's also doing similar things, like in nutrition? Like, oh. who impresses you? Researchers, voices, thought leaders, companies. Like, who who is impressive pushing nutrition forward? Because when I think of nutrition, like, you're someone I immediately think of. It's like, this person impresses me because they're, they are pushing the boundary in a different way. Like, they're not trying to just go, if it fits your macros. Like, they're adding something to the conversation. Like, who adds something to the conversation for you? That's wonderful that you should say that. Thank you for that. You're I'm going to accept that compliment You're welcome. Uh, you should. so much. It's a high compliment. Uh, it is. I, it <laughs> is. They give out like one a high a day. compliment. It's, it's interesting that you would say that because, you know what, I do so much multidisciplinary reading. Like, I, so I rarely will uh, – and for fear of inbreeding, really, is that Americans read so much other American stuff that I feel like we just inbreed ideas of nutrition, you know? And so, like, actually something that impresses me is not only, like, I'm reading a lot of stuff, like, spiritual stuff from, like, the Wayne Dyers of the world, and, like, I really can see how some of that can affect nutrition, but, like, I look globally for nutrition. So something that I love is the Food Guide Pyramid of Brazil. I think it is the coolest thing. And it actually goes something uh, like what you were saying about, like, food is like the emotion of when you're eating and it should be made with love and it should be eaten in community. It's on their freaking food guide pyramid. No, I'm not saying. It's like, you know, talk about. Right, but so talk about, like, evolution of food. You know what I mean? So it's like, so I look to things like that or even just experiences in travel, like, you know, when uh, you guys are doing all your retreats and stuff, it's like, it's like looking at how other cultures view food that has really influenced me because I think when we read too much of each other's stuff, it's just repeating and regurgitating the same garbage. <laughs> yeah. And I love you don't that. get out of your lifestyle. One of the big things Brett and I have, I mean, travel has been a huge part of our lives. And since I studied abroad, now it's like just exploded. We're gone somewhere every month. The thing that I loved about traveling the most was it just showed me that there were other cultural ways of spending your time that I liked more. Like in France, you don't eat a lot at all in the morning. It's like coffee and like a little, what do you even call it? The little delectable. delectable. I love that. It's like a little tiny little bit of sugar, but just something to kind of bite on with like very strong coffee. And I like that it starts slow. And then... In Spain, like, you don't eat till later, which I really like. And in Italy, the dinner lasts, like, five hours. When you sit down, that's your table, and no one is coming near it. And there's no expectation. They don't jack down the temperature, like, rushing you out. They don't put their bill, don't your bill on the table before the appetizer comes, being like, whenever you're ready, go check out the front. I, those three things were huge for me. It was like eat late in Spain, take a really long, thoughtful time to eat in Italy. And then France, it was just, like, kind of, really chill in the morning and i've like realized that when i set up my day like that i am so much happier i like, love yeah. that yeah but it's just to your point you would never know that if you were eating your cheetos on a divvy and then you crash landed <laughs> into somewhere and were eating at lunch at your desk and you went home and fell asleep watching netflix eating some other shit out of a bag at home like well, eating your fake chicken out of a box. It's, uh, but it's so true. And you, you know what? It seems That seems crazy, right? That story you just said is like everybody. You know everybody. what I mean? That is literally 
I mean, we, I think we travel in packs, right, where we're around a lot of well people, and you kind of forget, like, legit people are crashing on a divvy with Cheetos in their hand for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. The hot Cheetos is, like, yeah. a big breakfast yeah, thing. Yeah, with I've seen... cheese in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I've Nuts. seen it. I don't get it. It's, That's fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. But, and the thing is, is that, you know, your human body is such a miracle thing, right, that it's yeah. still alive. Their body is still alive, but it's not thriving, right? It's yeah. not at the levels that why we do what we do, right, is, like... Oh my gosh! The minute you can feel just a little bit better, I'm hooked. Like people are like, are, "Do you always eat like this?" You know, and it's like, uh, yeah. And it's not because I have to; it's because I want to. Because I crave the feeling of waking up clear-eyed and being two o'clock in the afternoon and still having the rest of my night ahead of me and not feeling like I have to curl up and take a nap. And it's like there's so much I get so enthusiastic about life. Like I love life. I want to have energy for my day to be enthusiastic about my life. And so that's that's where this you get bit by it. You guys know, yeah. right? I, I'm yeah. telling. Speaking of the choir, it's like that's why we do it, right? It's because you're you crave the feel good feeling. And, and that's one thing I've learned about myself is that I am really, I prioritize feeling good, like for everything, for my career. I prior, if something is not resonating with me, I will cut it. I will prune it out because I want to feel good. And so, uh, I think, you know, food is where I started with that, but now it's over the years, it's evolved into a bigger wellness category for me of like, you know, feel good in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think that's the, I mean, that's the, the entire entity of our business. It's once you can feel good, then you become clear and then now you want to feel better. And as you start to feel better, you start to think about, holy crap, what's the impact I'm making? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And then once you start to think that way, you're like, I want to do more. I want to give back to more people. And that reoccurring cycle is like, that is like the only way you can really wake up and be excited every day. If you're, if you're working for the paycheck, if you're eating for the six pack, if you are you're crash landing at the end of the night or end of the week and you're just waiting for the weekend to get fucked up, it's just, it, there's an end to that. And that end is either going to be something up here mentally or something down here <laughs> physically. And I think we see people on, you know, on those ends of the spectrum. And one thing I, I would love to dive into too is like I've been doing a lot of research just uh, in two categories, specifically around mental health. Uh, and how food affects your mind. And um, it's been so interesting. I, I just recently, a little bit of time ago, read a book called The End of Alzheimer's. Um, and it was so interesting to me because what, what I was thinking about before reading that book was I was eating for the cognitive enhancement, right? I want to feel really good. And then I read this book and I'm like, everything I'm doing for cognitive enhancement is the exact same thing you do if you have cognitive decline. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. preach, preach, preach. And so preach. it was so interesting yes. because I was like, oh, my gosh, these people that are suffering from cognitive decline due to, I mean, and we're seeing this right now because essentially those people right now that are in that category of dementia, Alzheimer's, were kind of the first generation where the food system started to flop, right? Where processed food was becoming a thing, people working in factories and inhaling smog and toxification was really a big thing. And like, that is who's suffering from that now. And we then grew up with Funyuns and, you know, Koala yummies. Uh, and it's like we – and it's interesting now now because now it's becoming even – now we're kind of flipping back the other direction, I think, which is interesting is like a lot of people are being like, well, I want to give my kid organic food and instead of just like feeding them some crazy-ass formula. And – so I've just, I've just found it so interesting. So, and the more research I'm doing is like gut health is connected to brain health. There's the, you know, there's the 
now the, the exact study that shows that there's neurological waves from the gut to the brain. So what are your thoughts about that? Uh, yes. How about that? <laughs> uh, preach, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I think is so cool, right, is that it is all connected, yeah. right? So when people are like, you know, what do you eat for this? And what do you eat for this? Most of the answer ends up being the same stuff, same right? Stuff. So it's not like you have to do something drastically different if you're trying to get mood improvement or if you're trying to get good gut health, if you're trying to have more energy, it all sort of like loops into the same thing. Um, and your body is all connected, right? So that, that brain gut axis is a real thing. Like it is very cool. Um, but I think the thing that I love the most about what you were saying is prevention is something that is just the same as management if you have it, right? So if somebody's like, well, how do I prevent diabetes? It's like, well, how would I feed you if you were trying to manage your diabetes? You know, prevention and management are the same thing. And so you're right. It is cool when you read something of like, oh, how do you end Alzheimer's? Like, oh my gosh, I could do this stuff right now and it could work as prevention. So it, it is, ma I mean, I always say food is magic. <laughs> you know, yeah. it really, it's, when I think back about like, how did I really get into this job, you know, and into this? I mean, I did watch a lot of, like, Bewitched and, uh, like, uh, I Dream a Genie. And, like, I thought, like, witchcraft was cool. And I was like, wow, I, I think food is sort of like witchcraft where you put something. There's nothing that you can do that's more intimate. You put it inside of your human body. Like, you're putting it inside of your human body, chewing it up, and it starts becoming part of your blood, like, and your organs, and, like, what you're made of is what you're eating. Like, what? This is magic. Like, this is my way to actually practice, like, real live witchcraft, you know? <laughs> it's, like, it's crazy magic. And people don't stop to think that the bad things they put in are doing that. If you yes. visualized what you were eating going through that process, you'd be like, uh, maybe I wouldn't want to punch myself from the inside of my stomach yeah. repeatedly until I want to vomit. Yeah, it's, you're, you're so right. And I teach a lot of like ownership eating, right? So it's like, you know, if you do want to make a decision of like, hey, okay, here I am. I'm at, at this new donut shop. I love donuts. I'm, you know, with my friends. It's a fun day. I'm going to take a step back and own my decision to eat this donut mm -hmm. because of the experience. And, you know, I've been playing around with this idea of joy is a nutrient, joy is a nutrient so like this is nourishing me eating this donut even though it's not macro appropriate and there's no phytochemicals in there but it's like this joy moment is nourishing me and so i um so i i do love the idea of just being mindful and thoughtful and own your decisions yeah right own them oh eat garbage but know you're doing it don't just shove it down your gullet and, yeah. and hiding in the closet yeah. where people can't see you yeah don't take your little side plate of food in the back room and shovel it all <laughs> in and put it back well, stand you know, in front of it raise your hand say i'm eating this yes but in, it, enjoy it too i think one interesting thing for yes. that yeah, the guilt eating is, is just was, is it with your table it. plate chair thing too i think the emotional side of while you are eating like the legit hormones that are released in your body. It now shows that when you are eating something and you know it's good for you and you're excited about eating it and it's this amazing plate of food as you're eating it, even if it was really good nutritious food and you're just 
you will get so much more out of it when you are table plate chair. Oh, visualizing. You guys know that for fitness, too. Yeah. It's like, you visualize your bicep when you're working your yeah. bicep. It'll get bigger. It gets bigger. Yeah, so it's like... You'll get more is, out of that rep. Yep, exactly. So food is the exact same way. When you're visualizing the enjoyment of a donut uh, and not thinking about its harmful effects and you're visualizing a big plate of veggies as, like, nourishing and washing over all of your cells and rejuvenating them, like, yeah, it's going to work. It's going to work better. So one of the things that you've, that you've done for 10 years... Uh, is to work with professional athletes. Yes. Um, I would say Jason and I are like sub elite. <laughs> oh yes, um, you guys are amazing. And so we we uh you know we ran the marathon last year. We were chatting about that. Um, and you know we have high fitness goals and we're working out all the time. So we'll get a little selfish here. What are some of the things, some of the trends, some of the things that you've seen work? Um, and also on top of that, what are some of like what were some of the hardest things? that you had to go through working with pros? Okay, so I'll do the hardest things first. <laughs> so I will say it's when you have somebody who really knows their routine, right? And they've done it since they've been six years old. It is very difficult to say, hey, do you wanna break out of your routine? I understand that you love to eat this particular, whatever, peanut butter sandwich before you go do something. Can I put sprouted grain bread in there? Can I do natural peanut butter? You know, can we do fresh fruit on there instead of jelly or whatever? Like even little tweaks like that um, are difficult for some people who since they've been six have had these routines. So I really do what we've talked about uh, here is just like the, the small little tweaks. So instead of saying don't eat the sandwich, we're just like incrementally changing the sandwich and testing it, testing, testing. Um, that That is the hardest part of pro athletes is that they've got their routine. So how do you gain their trust enough so that they're willing to test something new? And it's just small steps, right? Um, and then in terms of trends, I think the biggest thing, and it's not its not that new, but it's still everybody's hot to try on it. It's recovery. A recovery is, you know, the five-year trend that just will not stop because yeah. everyone sees the value of it and people are pretty bad at it, yeah. you know? It's like, especially when you're addicted to exercise, right? Yeah. You just love how you feel when you do it. It's very hard. So now I think the, the words are better. Now we call it active recovery, right? So that you are never really feeling like, oh, recovery means laying in a bed. <laughs> you know, recovery is, active recovery is lighter days, is thinking about, you know, where you're placing your collagen and your tart cherry juice and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So it's not all enhancement. Because that used to, when I first started, that's what anybody cared about. It's like, you know, talk to me about the beet juice, you know, to increase my blood flow. Talk to me about the matcha to give my, you know, uh, cells in my brain and immediate stimulation. Now it's like, okay, what can I do for recovery, recovery, recovery? And it's like, you know, how much turmeric can you eat? <laughs> like a lot more than you're eating right now. Yeah. You know, so it's like, uh, you know, so talking all about like turmeric and ginger shots and how to do those on the regular. You know, that, uh, I think that active recovery is, is beautiful. And then along with that is obviously the hot topic of sleep is, you know, uh, huge. huge. I, you know, I was, uh, last season, I was really big on uh, research that I was reading about sleep masks. And just the act of wearing a darn sleep mask increases your melatonin. So you are able to produce more sleep enhancing hormones and decreases cortisol, stress hormones. So you're like, what? Like, how could that be? Just and so I was pushing sleep masks on everybody. So in I'm the nutritionist, but I was advocating for, you know, sleep using a sleep mask because they all go together, right? Uh, you know, that is part of recovery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. 
what would be so you talked to like turmeric ginger shots um so say we're in a heavy training mode what are two or three things and if and, and let's go to turmeric for an example i love turmeric i put it in my teas and all of yep, stuff perfect how much should i be eating okay so here here's the scoop on this stuff is this is all very ugh confounded research, right? There's really no answer of like, you know, this is exactly the amount. What I will say is I will ask people to test and I will ask people to test with raw. I will say, you put it, put raw turmeric, raw ginger, either in a blender or a juicer, blend it up and tell me if you feel different than when you're taking pills or powders. That is the first experiment that I do. Even, How much would you even start beyond, with? Uh, and we do one inch nug nuggets to, to start with. Okay. Blend that thing up and just smash it with water. Yes. And so, yeah, and, and you really only yeah. need like, you know, six to eight ounces of water to blend that up and just chug it, right? Once a day. Uh, once a day. I ask people try to try it. that out. Okay. You're and talking chunk of ginger and turmeric yes. together. Yes. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes people respond way better to fresh and that that is their sweet spot and that's the amount. And sometimes people do a better job over time of powders and everything so it's a, that's that's called a bolus like yeah. when you do it with one shot of fresh like that yeah. and then if you're like you know i don't really notice a difference and i usually say three days it's you should start feeling something i mean three days um and what should you feel less inflammation you should feel huh maybe i do feel like i'm able to lift more and feel less sore it's like oh okay maybe there's something here so i like playing that game before playing even the amount game Got with it. that um, and then tart cherry, I don't know, have you played with that at no, all? Uh -uh. Um, sometimes people are uh, afraid of it because it is a very concentrated fruit. So it's got uh, calories and carbs in it. But when well-timed, tart cherry juice in the concentrate form, not the juice form, concentrate form, um, all you need is a little shot of it and it improves sleep. And it, in fact, may help with muscle soreness. So I will also play with, not at the same time of turmeric ginger, I'll also play with tart cherry juice. It, I will play with tart cherry juice first if the person says they have trouble sleeping. So if when they, are you having that? Uh, so that can be either try this one. right before bed. It can be like before bed. Or it can be right after exercise. And it won't put you asleep. It's not one of these, yeah. like, it's not like, oh, my gosh, I drink it and I'm sleepy. Yeah. It's like you drink it and it's just setting your whole penile glands and your whole circadian rhythms. It's setting them up for success. So it doesn't make you fall asleep right then and there, but it sets you up for success. Um, so people experiment with that. Some people prefer to drink it because it is carbs and sugar. The concentrate right after a workout because they feel yeah, like their good. muscles are going to use it right away. Yeah. I take a mag glycinate at night. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Um, and then... CBD and that's been like a really good mixture for sleep, but I'm still like looking for an extra. I'm always have you done eye mask? No. Yeah. I, you gotta try. It. I have one. It's you gotta it's try. Nice. It. Do you go you on it every night? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I have like a. I live oh, right really? downtown, so there's a, like a decent. Even though I have blackout shades, like light creeps in there. Emily's got. 400 screens going i live i go to sleep in an apple store yeah you oh, should yeah. definitely uh because it really is our body i'll send you the one i have I go it's to really sleep nice. in an apple store it i think I'll this could be sometimes it's yeah. simple solutions like this and i'll tell you what's so important about this is that our human bodies are regulated by light which is why people mm -hmm. say the minute you wake up at in the morning you should see light if so you why? don't see light you should get a light source, like, you know, an actual, like, happy light, they'll call mm -hmm. Like, you know, with your lux right away. So it sets you to say energy. And at night, when you're ready to sleep, it should be pitch black. And that human bodies regulate our sleep cycles That's based what on we're light. About in 
Yeah, you're accurate. just in Hawaii, and it's like oh. you want you just get up when it's light out, and you, you go to bed when it's not yes. because so there's nothing. There's good. none of this. Yeah. So yeah. So you really have to sort of mimic it in in our urban yeah. lifestyle. You have to mimic that kind of same light because that will tell your body on a very deep level of you're awake or you're asleep. Yeah, yeah. You know That's what I mean? It's, so, it is so interesting. The other thing I love is that five, seven, eight breathing. Do you guys practice yeah. that? Yep. I yeah. do feel like it. If if you really hear yourself breathing five, seven, eight, it sounds like a sleeping baby. It really sounds like the same breath yeah. a sleeping baby is. So it's like no wonder why when I can't sleep, you know, if I can keep the light out, I can do five, seven, eight breathing, start mimic it. I also find loosening my jaw. It's like oh. if you loosen your jaw and oh, you unreal. open your mouth like this. I have so much jaw tension. And you start breathing five, seven, eight, like a little bit sloppy in the jaw. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, I am feeling sleepy. And then you have it blocked out the light. I, you're golden with a little uh, tartary in your afternoon. I think we've just wow, solved we, every sleep. Let's try uh, it. <laughs> sleep. Blacking thing. out. Well, this is all called sleep hygiene, yeah. you know, and, no, it's and uh, it, a lot of times people just, they, they don't want to do these steps, right? Because it's like, ah, this, this seems you just, like, pfft. yeah, you're like, just do them and test it. Test, 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 test. And, you know, you see what, what sticks in there. Okay. So, unreal. <laughs> I'm, I'm just drilling because I love this. Performance. What it, What is the top things to do for performance? So, whether it's marathon training. So, this is my goal for the year is to dunk a basketball. Um, very far away. Uh, I just came off marathon training, so you get the rim. Very different bodies, yeah, yes, right? Yes. Kipchoge's not 360 windmilling, <laughs> no, he's not and jammed. LeBron's not running a marathon. Nope. So I'm going from he's one to the running. other, uh, and I'm excited. <laughs> it's awesome. And so when I'm thinking now, like I was, you know, marathon training and, and performance, you know, explosive lifting training is very different on the body. Yeah. So what would you say would be some things I should focus on from a nutrition perspective to like? build quick twitch muscle to like get faster and get stronger and gain more muscle mass um, besides like you know i am flexitarian to, to a stem that's exactly how i eat it's very little meat but every once in a while maybe like once a week um very plant-based heavy um, vegan protein sources after i work out um and i'm just trying to give this example so that our listeners can be like oh that's kind of like me and then i want to do something cool what would you say would be like from a performance perspective, seeing athletes um, for 10 years, what, what's like, what should I be doing? All right. So here's what I usually will look at, right? Do they have the basics down pat, right? So the first thing would be like, are you eating structurally sound meals? Like people, I, you'd be surprised that athletes, you could look and their breakfast stinks. Oh, their I mean, lunch yeah. is like half ass. And then like their dinner is totally good, you know, or whatever. So it's like, I really God look at the, talent. <laughs> I just really look at those three as like the foundation. And then we go into the next level of sports nutrition. So once you have the basics down, I won't even talk to somebody about sports nutrition unless they have those three basics down. And then sports nutrition is what you're doing before, during, and after, right? Anything that you're doing. So whether it's monumental, uh, you know, slam dunks or it's training for a marathon, whatever, is just making sure like, okay, am I giving myself enough before, during, and after this period that I am training for yeah. whatever I'm doing? And so uh, sometimes when people are doing something new, uh, they really have to pay attention because it's not the same before, during, and after Yeah, routine. this is where I'm lacking, mm -hmm. for sure. So you're like, wait a second. So, so I have to listen to – I do symptoms management nutrition. So it's basically like we listen to what are you feeling? Like are you feeling sort of weak after? Are you feeling like sort of weak before? Are you feeling weak during? It's like, okay, well, let's look and see what you're doing. 
do we need to up the protein after? So it's like, okay, hey, you need to be hardcore collagen after you're ripping your muscles to shreds trying to slam dunk something. You need way more aggressive protein therapy after. Maybe that's it. Let's give that a whirl. Let's try that. If you're like, hey, I'm kind of feeling foggy during it. You know, that's it's me like, a little bit. So you're like, okay, well, what am I doing different uh, than I wasn't doing before? Like, is there anything, any tricks that I used to have that I'm not doing? And it's like, okay, no, I'm doing everything the same. It's like, all right, well, let's look and say, do you need to have protein beforehand? And before I was worried more about carbs for endurance yep, running. Yep. Maybe I need to like load up a little more on my protein. And you know, what does that mean? Does it mean an extra scoop of pre-protein beforehand and after is an extra scoop of collagen? And so maybe it is like a little protein timing, but that before, during, and after is, and symptom management is what I will usually teach oh, people. Yeah. Um, and so either it could be more or less food, you know, so if they're not eating anything, it's probably more. If they're eating something and it's making them feel groggy, it's probably less of that, right? So it's a lot of, you know, it's human testing. Just testing, yeah. It's really, it is. And that's, you know, frustrating, but like you used before, it's also oh, curious, it. right? Yeah. You can be curious about this to make it not frustrating. Yeah. My big thing with it is just I want to be as optimizing as possible during that training session. So it's like I'm now putting in a lot more time in the weight room. Um, way more time in the weight room. I haven't, I hadn't jumped in a year. So it is, it is interesting to see the difference. And I did a really good job of testing and learning that, like Jason said, before the marathon so that we could run that very well. It was like, I'm trying out all these new goos. Every new long run, I tried out a new goo. And then I was like, this one made me feel great. This one didn't make me have to shit my pants. And I could have <laughs> three of there. these during yeah. my run uh -huh. and I was fine. So yeah. I'm going to use that one. And I, but that took like eight different two-hour runs to really figure that out. So I, I'm really interested in that. I think I've noticed, like you said, a little bit during some of these heavier training sessions, almost like this, like like a little bit like, whoa, feeling. And I haven't had that in a long time. Yep. So I think it is maybe just thinking a little bit more about before. And then I definitely lack in the protein category yeah, throughout and, the day. Yeah, and it's one of those things where now, I mean, you're going to have, you know, muscle shredding when you're running that yeah. much, but you're going to have more muscle shredding yeah. when you're doing more weights and more jumping. Totally. Uh, so that is like what muscle shredding needs is definitely protein, right? So it's like, okay, that might be a good macro to play with for you right yeah. now um, and just say, okay, well, you know, how does that feel? And I don't know how, you, how much you do electrolytes, but um, I'm also just like – crazy i mean tom brady made me crazy for electrolytes like he has <laughs> he believes in electrolytes and you know i mean look at him he's just amazing so, yeah. slain, so he does yeah. like pre-bed electrolytes yeah. upon awaken electrolytes like electrolytes pre-workout so it's like you know also when in doubt throw electrolytes in yeah, your that's big so how what would you so deficient what I would you how would you do that lightheaded uh, that's big too so, I mean, sodium is the number one electrolyte we lose. So when you buy electrolyte tabs, you want to not get the ones for, like, sissies that are, like, no sodium. I don't know why. I yeah, mean, it's like, that? what is that? That's not know. an electrolyte tab. It's a fake one. It's yeah, one so. Fake chicken in a box. Exactly. Yes, I call it a fake chicken in a box. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So what about just sodium. sea salt? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you could do something like coconut water that's potassium rich, yep, yep. which is a, you know, a electrolyte. And then you can add sea salt to that. Okay. And absolutely, that can be your, like your yeah, natural. Yeah, I love that. Uh -huh. Spring water and a little lemon. That's it's like wonderful. Magical. Yeah, yeah, I was that's going wonderful. lemon salt and an avocado the night before. See, I love that. And, that's, yeah, and the thing is, is when you potassium. feel good like that. I always like, try to oh. find the solution that's not the pill. 
Yeah, so that's I'd the thing ra- that's great. I'd rather pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is fine. Which is fine. <laughs> if I could take a pill and just cut out the, all the eating, yin, I would do it. The yin yang. <laughs> I would do it. I just don't eat it. it. I have a question. What are your thoughts on nootropics other than caffeine, creatine, and Adderall, which are all like either mainstay uses, good or bad? Okay, so like I, the like the the offbeat and the path ones, like yeah. racetan. She should be charging us for this. Oh no, you know what? It is interesting. <laughs> this I, is great. I'm a big lover, and I don't work for them, and I probably should, right? Is the Four Sigmatics their whole line of that's what of we, we have all that brain enhancing like adaptogens? Like yeah. I am a huge, I love them, and I mean, I have I've been recently experimenting. Lion's mane is just magical. It, yeah. it is. Cordyceps actually doesn't make me feel good at all. Oh, it actually gives me a headache. See, it's lion's good that mane, you're mane, lion's mane it's is. Good I have it every play. day. And reishi knocks me out if I get if I get a good reishi tea, and it's that helps a lot. Time. See, next no, time you're in here, I'm gonna make my crazy tea. Yeah, we. Should, I love we this. Tea. It's a yes, shaga yes, base. Yes, this yes, is yes. not your normal tea. Yeah, we're gonna, no you think you're hype now? It's, yeah, it's, it's gonna crazy. get you going. See, all of these things you're talking about, those are beautiful. Yeah, those are beautiful. Those are the Those are the jams. I think so too. And I will say, you know, I've been drinking my, you know, lion's mane for years. And uh, I recently, I've been playing around with two new fields for myself. Um, DNA testing, I'm, uh, I really am getting into and I've studied more DNA testing, so I'm getting uh, into that. And then uh, metabolomics, the metabolites in your body and what they mean about your health. And so I've been testing myself, obviously. I read the research, I get excited about something, and then I guinea pig myself. Um, and so I've sent in a bunch of, you know, my blood and my saliva and everything all over town. Um, <laughs> and, uh, who's getting this? Yeah, who's, who's getting, getting this? this? Who gets, who wants this? Um, and so I have really, I've been excited because a lot of my um, mental capacity has been sky high on all these things i'm like it's probably all the damn fabulous mushrooms i'm drinking every morning um but yeah so i you know and i think that's the other cool thing about our business is that you know there's always something new to play with right and to experiment with and for me that keeps me fresh in the field and so um those are like my next two like really trying to do less about um like a snapshot in time when i'm testing somebody but more of like what is your genetic predisposition, your genetic tendencies. Um, and so that's uh, that's been really cool for me, this whole idea of like DNA and personalized nutrition and nutrigenomics. Yeah, yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah. Have you ever heard of uh, Weston Price, his oh, research? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we uh, we were talking to a couple of our friends that are nutrition guys, and I was just really looking into his stuff because you mentioned talking about different cultures and that was like his whole thing he went and studied these like different cultures of like centarians that were like living to be in a hundred and he was like how are they doing all of this and it was in like 1930 and he's like all of these people it's been so interesting to me because i i'm very longevity focused yes. and it also in regards i like performance right so i know that some of the things i'm doing are going to take like the you know year 299 and 300 off I'm still going to 300 <laughs> that's the goal but I think what's super interesting, and Can this you is imagine like imagine him at three hundred. Three bills. I'm doing <laughs> oh, it. Boy. I'm gonna be three hundred. I love um, it. What's so interesting to me and kind of saddening is that we now rely on the medical field for the last years of our lives. The average age is only really going up because less children are dying in childbirth. So if you really look at the true age, like living past seventy, is actually going down is what the new research is showing. So the fact that people aren't living as long is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. You know, we have all this technology, we have all this medical research, we have all this thing in food, 
And so where my mind is going is like looking into these like ancient-ish or older civilizations that people were in, you know, 100 years ago living to be 100. What, were, what are they doing? And so I, I just find it interesting like looking into that and then a couple other people that I really love. And if you're looking into the mushroom stuff, um, I think we were talking about David Wolf, but he's like savage into mushrooms, look into him. And then uh, Ron Teagardner, who has dragon herbs. They have some of the best tinctures for, like I have some in my backpack right there, but Lion's Mane I take every single day, the Shago one, the Rishi one. You take the Gecko Rock Climber. There's some crazy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, but they're, they have some really cool stuff too. So I think it's just so interesting. And, and this all ties into the saying that I heard from David Wolf, which is ancient, old, brand new. And there's these ancient cultures that have had these unbelievable things in place. And we're talking about all of their different habits throughout this show of, you know, taking longer for lunch and enjoying longer dinners and not eating so much in the morning. <laughs> and that's all old. Oh, yeah. But we're just bringing it back. It's, it is the truth. It, there, it reminds me, it just uh, when you were talking, like I had this uh, sort of flash in front of me. So I, I did a reality show a couple of years ago, and I won the reality show. It was on ABC called My Diet is Better Than Yours. <laughs> <laughs> and My Diet won. Uh, you actually had uh, one of the other contestants on your show. I was looking at your scroll of uh, You could convince was, me that you Yeah, it was you win. versus Abel, right? Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, he was one of them, and then there were a few others. Um, and Tell us a little bit about that. How'd that so go down? That was an amazing show, okay? It totally changed my life. It was just... You know, it was just amazing because it makes you confident about what you're talking yeah. about because you're like, wow, it really worked. And when I really think about, like, how did it work, as you were talking, what pops into my mind is do simple better. I learned that from Joe Madden, the Cubs manager, uh, when I – the last however many years, five years, four years. Um, he is such a magnanimous, just – oh, he's an amazing man. And he would say, do simple better. And, and that's what I think about a lot yeah. of times when I look at, like, the past cultures and other people of, like, we're, how did you get to be a centurion? It's like they did simple stuff better. You know, they had simple foods. They ate with people. You know, it's just like when so somebody asks me for advice of, like, you know, how did you win that reality show? Or, like, how, what should I really do? It's like, can you just slow your roll? Like, you don't need every <laughs> yeah, exotic yeah. thing yeah, that we're yeah. talking about, right? It, all you need to do is do simple things better. Are you eating three meals a day with some vegetables on there? You know, are you drinking water? And then when you get the base down, then start being curious about yeah. other things and adding on to yeah. a solid foundation. You know what I mean? Like, I just, yes, all those ancient cultures and everything, just do simple better. Yeah. People yeah. Ask, me so many, ask me so many questions. I'm like, well, slow down. You have to earn the right to ask complicated questions. <laughs> you sound just you like me. You have to earn the I right to that. ask me a complicated question. If you don't, if you haven't gotten to first base, don't ask me how to run to third. It's the like, truth, though. Yo, yes. you gotta go right. You can't. You can't just like yes. cut across the field. Right? You gotta go in order here. You have to solve the first things before you get to go on and ask me all the little nitpicky stuff. Like, show me that you've tried. Before you're at, before you're asking for like the keys to the kingdom, because if you don't know, I certainly can't tell you what to do. Like you wonder why no one can figure out nutrition is because it's just unique to people, yeah. and it's like the right people that can help you frame what works well for you are who are successful. Yeah. That's why I vibe so much with what you're saying. It's just because yeah. it's simple. Yeah. Like they are good foundational process-driven strategies by which you can apply all of your unique problems that you have that you're working through yes yes yeah. you're and right like, earn so me the right. right to ask me like 
well, if I add 10 grams of carbohydrate there and I cut out this and I add that, like, will this happen? I'm like, well, you try. <laughs> right, exactly. And I love that you, like, even before you answered a question about our performance stuff, you were like, I don't talk to people about sports nutrition until we worked on the baseline stuff. Yeah. Because, and we talk about this all the time, right? Like, the simple example, if you have a foundation of a building and you start adding layers, it's going to look nice. There's going to be cool stuff, new lighting, new fixtures. But if the foundation is crumbling, it doesn't fucking matter that you're 80 floors high. That thing's going to fall over. It's the truth. I love that. That's a good analogy. Sometimes those simple analogies work, right? Yeah. Like that, it's so true because you can visualize that. Like, and that's like the other one that people always say that I'm like, I roll my eyes, but I'm like, it's just so good. You got to keep using it is the airplane one where it's like, if your air mask comes down, yeah. put yours on yeah. first and then you worry about everybody else. Yeah. It's like, that's, you know, so much of like when people talk about like, oh, you know, but I don't have time or like oh but my family or whatever it is it's like you got to worry about yourself first because then you can be a good worker a good yeah. dad a good whatever you know you can put your mask on and help 100 people or pass out trying to right. help too so yeah. like those <laughs> yeah. analogies i love that kind of stuff we, you know what analogy i would use a lot with the cubs too is like the type of car you have i mean i roll my eyes when i say this even but it's such a good analogy of like you know if you have a crap car just put whatever gas in it. Who cares? You have the best beautiful vehicle. You're going to put the best beautiful gas in there. And that's humans, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, the more you are appreciating, like, just how magical this machine is. Uh, and that, you know, part of being a caretaker for this is really like you guys live. It's like, it's just so that my spirit can have a healthy place to live and an energetic place to live. That's I'm it. not my body. I'm just this cool spirit inside of it that wants to do cool shit. I want to do <laughs> kind of shit, you know? Yeah. And so, like, I need this healthy vehicle to allow me to do those things. I always oh, talk yeah. to clients. I'm like, if you don't drive the car, stop putting gas in it. It's like, oh. stop just shoving gas <laughs> in your car if you don't drive it. I'm like, if you drive the car, put gas in it. If you don't drive the car, don't put so much gas in it because you don't need it. It's like, interesting. It all goes into that's the trunk. A good take Spills on into that. your trunk. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it is. That's, that's a good literally, analogy. Literally. <laughs> it literally does. All right, so our motto is have the best day of every single day. And well, well, you know why that's so cool? Why? Because that leads to the greatest life ever. If it you does. make today great, you have a great life. She should have hosted this. No, but it's true. I love that about you guys. So we <laughs> ask everybody yes. if you could wake up tomorrow and have the best day ever. What would you, you could eat? be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, what would you eat specifically? Uh, what should everybody eat out of this ever? Uh, what would you do? And I mean, you could take this however you want. Um, and we know you're already doing amazing shit. So, what would it, what would it be? Wake oh, up I tomorrow, anywhere, anything. I mean, you could be on Mars, hand with Elon, whatever you want to do. I, I do love that. Ice cream. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think about this actually a lot, and some of the things that. Uh, work me up it's like okay then how i want to align if if i've dreamed it then it needs to happen right and so um so one of the things that is important to me is like i would love to wake up by water like i love that so it's like well if i love that why am i not doing that like hello dawn so on my radar you know <laughs> or, what I mean? DJ. or dj <laughs> i did think about that i was like wait what would i say hello yeah. dawn hello dj um but it's like you know i love activities like this because it allows you to say okay i'm gonna start planning on how to actually make that happen so living by the water would be great although i do love chicago mornings are everything to me uh, mornings are magic i know what my perfect morning is and I wake up whatever time I need to do to make that happen. And so for me, mornings are coffee, mushroom coffee, right? Spiritual reading of some sort. It doesn't have to be God related, but like some sort of something that makes me feel like I'm part of something bigger, right? I love that. And I love working out. 
Like, if I don't have those three things, I'm a mess. Like, I need them. And so, like, whether I'm doing it in Chicago or by water, like, those would, ha they have to be on board for me to have anything else happen. And then everything else, I, I really feel like, I, I think that's a weird thing to say, but I do structure myself to be currently living my yeah. dream world. Like, you know, and not every day is the same. I work for myself. I say no to projects and clients that don't match me. I say, oh, and you know what's so cool? Is the more you say yes to stuff that is up your alley, the more comes to you. So it's like, I have learned that over and over. If you say, oh yeah, I'll do that just for the money this time, more of that garbage is gonna come mm -hmm. your way. So you've got to say, no, let me refer you to somebody who is a good match for this and only say yes to the projects that are a good match for you because you will keep getting more of them and over and over and over. So anyways, I've, you know, I've been doing this enough years that now I feel like I'm getting good projects that I love and like I'm doing, I'm doing that kind of stuff that feels good because it feels service. You know, like I'm born to serve kind of thing. Like I like to feel in service. I like to have a purposeful day. I would not like to just sit and like lounge the whole day. Yeah. If I if I didn't make any money doing it, I wouldn't care. I would still want to be of service, right? Be best success is being uh, happiness or whatever is feeling of value for me. You know. Totally. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, where can people find out about you? Where can they get your books? Can you name your books again so they know what those are? Oh, thank you. Thank and you for this. Are you taking on clients? Like, wh where can people <laughs> work? How can people work with you? If I they love want. you. Thanks for the softball you yeah. lobbed up for <laughs> wow, me. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so books are The Flexitarian Diet and The Superfood Swap. Uh, everything is housed in one beautiful place on my website, and that's dawnjacksonblattner.com. You can also get there, djblattner.com, because I don't know who I am. So you nice. could be djblattner.com. You bought both or, domains. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> when you have two identities, you need two yeah. domains. Yeah. Um, uh, we could have a whole talk about buying domains. I have about 45 domains, and I just sold one for big hot cash, just so you know. Wow. Um, so just can we can talk about that sometime uh dj side hustle is a domain hunter domain slayer i'm gonna actually every time DJ i hear something domain good slayer. I, i'm gonna go try and see if that's available domainhunter.com that's hunter. Uh, that's wonderful she's in it uh, give me 50 percent yeah, yeah that's exactly right but yeah all right so that's where everything is my website djblattner.com or donjacksonblattner.com awesome well thank you so Don much for wonderful this was so good. We got some good. We actually wrote people. shit down that I'm actually going to go do. Yeah. Oh, uh, I love this. Thank you for having me. And the, your digs are awesome. And I love, I love you guys. All right. Well, have the best day ever. The Live Better Show is brought to you by Live Better Retreats. Come join us on an epic adventure where we will fuel your body, your mind, and your spirit to accomplish new goals. This full immersion opportunity will grant you access to the best in nutrition, wellness, movement, yoga, and an amazing community you will bring home after the trip. Right now, you can join us on a Live Better experience to have the best day ever every single day. Let's crush it, fam.